Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Justin Pogue. Justin, are you ready to do this? I am absolutely ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Justin is an MBA. He is a consultant specializing in real estate. He's the author of Rental Secrets, Reduce Your Rent, Get Better Value, Create Quality Communities. I'm excited to have you on. Justin, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Yeah. So I live in San Jose, California, um, although I've worked in many places across the country. And real estate's been kind of a passion of mine for the past about 20 years or so. And um, part of the reason why I wrote this book is a lot of people seem to be looking for governmental solutions to the housing issue. But I wanted to kind of look at it as what can I as an individual do to help better my situation? while I'm waiting for the government to make whatever decisions it's going to make, because I need to be able to get from here to, to there um, and handle and handle my situation in the meantime. Um, and so some of your listeners may know um, that uh, recently there was a proposition on the, uh, on the ballot in California, Proposition 10, that would have ruled out um, um, rent control, basically, would have, would have allowed rent control uh, across the state. Um, that that did not pass. However, it should be kind of a uh, shot across the bow for a lot of landlords and property management companies that there's some dissatisfaction with the current housing situation. And that's yet another reason why I wrote this book. Got it. And for those outside of California, sometimes rent and uh, the cost of housing can be very, very expensive there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although it's, Although in my experience, it's wherever you are, rent is always a, a topic of great concern and people are looking to figure out how they can better handle that situation. Got it. Fair enough. And I, I probably shouldn't shed light on or I shouldn't make light of it uh, because it is a it is a massive problem for so many people, for so many families, for yeah. a lot of our, our, our aging population to find housing yeah. at all or even affordable housing. So if you could just yeah. touch a little bit on on some of what, what those major issues are. So a lot of the issues that people have with with housing is not only how to find it, which has gotten easier with the with the creation of the internet and websites and all of that but also in terms of how do I have that conversation with the landlord? When I walk into a, onto a property, I'm being given the tour and all of that. How do, I, how do I navigate the offers that I'm being presented? How do I navigate the deals that different properties may be offering at any given time? How do I know which of those is best for me? Um, so those are, a lot of the, those are a lot of the situations that people are trying to navigate. And there really is no class for this. Nobody teaches you how to, how to deal with these, with these different situations. And that's a lot of what this book covers. You know, it's interesting that as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking in my head about the times that I've rented apartments or houses in the past. And part of me just says, well, do I get to really have an influence over that? But I, I suppose that I do, if, if you think about it. Do you think that most people think about that in terms of that way? Or do they think, well, it just costs what it costs? I think they're, they're treating it like a, any other retail situation. 
there, I walk into the store, there's a, there's something on the shelf that I want. There's a price attached to it. And that's whatever the price is. And most people don't, you know, you don't haggle with the cashier at Walmart when you're trying to buy something. Um, right. and that's the way most people approach it. Um, the difference with rental property, one of the differences with rental property is in terms of, so let's say, for example, a property is vacant. The landlord's not getting paid for that property because it's vacant. But every day that that property stays vacant, that's money that they've lost, and they've lost it forever. So another way to think about it is if I tell you I'm going to rent you this apartment a week from now for one week, that has value to you. If I tell you I'm going to rent this apartment to you for a week last month, the sentence doesn't even make sense. There's no value in renting something from last month because last month is gone and will never come again. Um, So there's a bias to action that landlords and property management companies have just because of that. So in terms of thinking about this price that's on the retail shelf, they'll give you a price. But if you can rent that apartment today for 25 bucks less or 50 bucks less, that still has value to them because they're waiting a month. They may have to wait another week or two weeks for somebody else to come and rent that. And in that time, if the rent is $3,000 a month, a week goes by, $750 out the door that they will never get back. So 25 bucks off to you. Why not? It puts me in a better situation. I have somebody in the place. Now I have somebody who's paying. They've got the place rented and you save 300 bucks a year, which is a car payment or two for some people. Yeah, for sure. So you refer to that as an action bias? Yes. Got it. Which certainly makes sense. Kind of like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You know, knowing that you have a buyer and you don't know how long the property will sit there and you might as well, even if it's for less, just a little bit, it's it, it's it's of greater value to you as the landlord. Yes. Got it. And is that, I, I, I think the psychology certainly certainly applies, uh, applies across the board. Is that predominantly a a tool or tactic that you can use when trying to rent a privately held investment property? Or is that something you can also do with large apartment complexes? That is a really great question. Um, So when you're talking to a landlord or property manager, it's good to be talking to the person who can actually negotiate. So if you're talking to a small private property owner, that person is the owner. You're talking to the right person. If you're talking to a property management company, the leasing associate on the property is likely not the person who can agree to negotiate with you. However, they report to somebody who can agree to whatever you're offering. Um, So it's important to make sure that what you're offering is reasonable that you have some market information to back up what you're offering. Um, and then that leasing associate will be better in a better position to go and talk to their manager about the deal that's on the table. Got it. I think that that makes a lot of sense. All right. So information is at our fingertips. Sometimes it's way too much, but how do I, 
you talk about having the right information that you can come and have a conversation with whoever it might be. You probably want to arm yourself mm-hmm. with as as valuable data and the most applicable data as as you can. So so where do I find that? What 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 kind of information should I be looking for? So the first thing that anyone looking for an apartment needs to decide is what type, what areas do I want to live in? in terms of distance to work, distance to childcare, all of those kinds of issues first. Then you kind of get this, you kind of look at it, if you're kind of looking at a map, you can kind of lay out a circle and these are communities in this area where I'm looking, okay? Then the next step would be like, what what level of community am I looking at? Am I looking at high-end luxury? Am I looking at like mid-level? Am I looking at you know, class C property? You know, what level you're looking at? Once you have that, then you can actually go online and and look for listings on Craigslist or other sites that for 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 these particular properties that fall within your geographic boundaries and your the quality level that you're looking for. And these properties at this point, you know, people are commuting an hour, forty five minutes, whatever. Um, these properties are going to be kind of spread out across the metropolitan area that you're living in. And that's the information that you're gathering from those different communities about what they're pricing their product at, and more importantly, what deals they may be offering at this point in time. Now, this information that you're gathering is going to be different than what each of the people managing these communities are looking at. And the reason for that is what they do is they take their property, they go out, maybe a maybe a mile. So they look at everything within a mile of their property and that's who they're gauging it against. Um, so they're looking at a smaller subset of communities than you would be looking at, but those are communities that you would live in. And ultimately that's their, that's who their competition is. And that's the market data that you're walking into that room with. And you can really show them that for your situation and your rental dollar, this is who their competition is, and these are the deals that I have available to me. Can you match that what, what, and figure out what their response to that information would be? Got it. I like it. So you are in a good position from an information standpoint to begin that negotiation process. So walk me through that. I don't think that a lot of people probably have a lot of experience, probably no, no experience negotiating um, the amount of rent that they're going to pay and probably not a lot of negotiating experience in general. It's probably going to be a bit of a nervous mm-hmm. situation, but how, how, how do you start that process? So looking for an apartment typically starts with a, either you see a, you see a sign on the, on near, near the community or you're looking online and you see some pictures and you get a phone number. You call the phone number. And, and it's really important that people understand what happens during this initial conversation. So you call the phone number and you say, I'm looking for a, let's say a two bedroom, a two bedroom apartment. I'm looking to move near the end of the month. The leasing associate will say, great. We have a great community here and I do have two bedrooms available. Um, are you looking for, are you looking for an apartment near the pool? And the person will typically say, yeah, the pool sounds nice. Um, do you want to be on the second floor? And they're like, well, who wouldn't love to live in the penthouse? That's great. Um, and then they'll ask, well, 
would you like to would you would you like your apartment to be near the laundry room of course it's convenient and that, that would be great sure so the response of the then the then the response from the leasing associate is great we have one apartment available i have other appointments this afternoon what time can i expect you to visit our property and they're being completely truthful they have a number of, they probably have a number of appointments lined up and they do have that apartment available. But one of the things that people, the person calling doesn't realize is the way real estate works is every piece of property is unique. And so there's only one house on the corner of the Almaden Expressway and Fifth Avenue. Um, but what that means is that as you're answering those questions, you are eliminating other vacant apartments in that community from being presented to you. So they're narrowing down the list. So they want to present you with what you're with what you want. Right. And if you're answering those questions, if you're answering those questions based on what you really need, if you really need to be near the pool, if you really need to be on the second floor, if you really need to be near the laundry room, then the scarcity that he's presented you with is in fact real. If you don't really need those things and they just sounded nice, then what you've done is you've created scarcity that only exists in your head. And it reduces the likelihood that you're even going to try and negotiate once you get on the property because there's only one available. Whereas in reality, there could really be 10 apartments available. You just didn't ask that question. Got it. Um, so kind of starting from the standpoint of keeping your, keeping your mental flexibility open, um, and, uh, and not narrowing your options too quickly, too early. That's definitely where people need to start. Okay. I think that that makes a lot of sense. So, so the answer is yes. I would love to be right next to the pool, close to the laundry room on the second floor, but if it's not necessarily a good fit for me, I'm certainly interested or rather, but I'm also interested in hearing about all the two bedrooms that you have available. Mm -hmm. um, is that sort of the right language? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, one of the rules that um, communities, apartment communities deal with is, are the fair housing laws. So what that means is they can't direct you to any particular property or apartment but you can direct yourself by how you answer by how you answer the questions and the questions that you ask. I see. So I would actually ask, you know, what apart what apartments in your community have been been vacant for two weeks or more? <laughs> so now that lets you. So now you're specifically asking for what are you what are your problem units? What are the units that you're having difficulty renting? And what you're really asking is. What are the what are the units that you may be more willing to make a deal on because you're having difficulty renting them? You're not phrasing it that way, but that's what that question really means. Because I've sat in I've sat in uh, meetings with you know regional managers for apartment for apartment communities and all of that, and in these leasing meetings, what they're talking about is what are the apartments that haven't moved? Why haven't these apartments moved? And that that's what the conversation is. So after a week or two, they're tired of talking about the same apartment. Sure. So if the leasing associate can get that one rented and get it out of the way, 
there's a lot of kudos and accolades, and it's really a badge of honor for that leasing associate if they can get that problem apartment rented. Now, by problem apartment, that may mean that the, that the for example, the master bedroom may have a view of a brick wall instead of a swimming pool. The <laughs> right. finishes may not be as great as other apartments in the community. Um, so it's not that the apartment is unlivable or, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that in, in kind of this consumer-driven marketplace we live in, people have a lot of choices and they're choosing not to accept that poor view and they're renting either a different apartment in the community or in a different community altogether. Got it. So, okay, that, I think that, that I think that that's excellent advice. So you identify one that's been unrented for for two weeks, three weeks, and you take a look at it and you discover that it's it is facing a brick wall. It's not ideal, but mm-hmm. you think you know what? I'm I, I'm at home at nighttime anyway. I'm not here during the day. I'm never going to notice it. Do you then ask what is what what is the price that you're asking, and you sort of try to go down from there? What is what is the next step? So you should actually know the general price range that that apartment community is asking. All of these apartment communities have websites, okay. um, and and on the websites they will give you price ranges for the for the different types of apartments on, you know, that are on the premises. So walking into that situation, you already have an idea of what the prices are for this particular, for this particular type of property on this, you know, in this place. And then you, they will volunteer pricing information to you. um, And, you know, let them, let them, let them give you, let them present you with, let them present you with the price. And then you, but then you know what, what your financial situation is and what you're able to, what you're able to do. And then you kind of make a counter offer. Now that counter offer you're making is, well, you know, I understand that this particular apartment has been on the market for some time. And I also understand that you have some competing communities that are making these types of offers. Those offers may be lower security deposit. It may be free rent for a period of time, a week or so. Um, It may be just a flat, you know, $25 off of the rent, whatever those deals are. See if this particular community will will honor those deals. This is what your competition is offering, um, and see if see if they'll be able to match. They may be able to, they may not. But if you don't ask the question, you'll never know. Um, and that's that's kind of how I would I would suggest people people approach that is once you know what the community is asking for for that particular property, then you can then you can create a counter offer based on the information that you've gathered from the other communities that you've looked at. And also based on what having been in this particular apartment in this particular space and seeing what the issues with the apartment actually are. Nice. That's excellent stuff. Well, Justin, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? What I would definitely recommend for people is 
walk into your apartment search with your eyes open. Truly know what it is that you want in an apartment. What are the, what are the amenities that you need? And that way, once you get on the property, you won't let people talk you into, you won't let the leasing associate talk you into things that you don't really need. And that will allow you to help keep your, keep the price down for what you're looking at because all of these properties have what they call amenity-based pricing. The more amenities, the higher the price. And if you know what you're willing to pay for, then you can walk out of that situation only paying for what you need. Well, that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Justin, thank you so much for <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, tell Savage Nation where they can learn more about you, and tell Savage Nation also um, what they can expect from reading your book. So you can learn more about Rental Secrets at rentalsecrets.net. You can also check out my my LinkedIn profile um, at LinkedIn right under the name Justin C Pogue. Um, and what you can expect from the book is a very quick, humorous read that was really insightful about kind of what are the industry secrets going on behind the scenes in the property management industry and really walk into that next discussion about the apartment or the house that you want to rent really well armed and kind of better prepared than the average person is. So once you learn the industry secrets, you're prepared to get a great deal. Nice. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Justin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to rentalsecrets.net, get a copy of his book, and also check out everything he's working on at LinkedIn. Thank you again, Justin. All right. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!